How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoley. Shoots, he scores! Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. Battling through it and finding a way. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hello, everyone. It has been quite a while since we've last um, spoken to each other about hockey, really, this way, and to everyone else, of course. Um, October kind of got away from both of us, but... I am here. Diane is also here. Hello. Um, Yeah, (laughs) we're going to get back into talking about the Kings. And I was kind of hoping that our delay would mean we timed it perfectly and they would be out of their troubles and on to being what they could be this season. But instead, it seems like we're still in Struggle City. I mean, to be fair, it's at least slightly looking up. Um, So... I don't know. I guess, like, after the firing of John Stevens, which we'll go into a little bit more later, it looks a little bit better. But yeah, for the most part, the fact that we didn't record in October, I don't think really matters because we weren't here to play. The Kings weren't here to play. <laughs> right, I, don't yeah. think anyone, I don't think anyone really missed much. So uh, we're just getting back, hopefully, when the, when the getting's good. We all had an extended preseason. <laughs> But yeah, I guess hockey is happening. Somehow, somehow the Kings have a 5-10-1 record. They are ninth in the Pacific, 15th in the West, 31st in the league, the absolute bottom. We've joked in the past about the Kings being at the bottom because they've been like last in their division at the start of a season before, but it has not for a while been this rough. Yeah, we always joke, like, started from the bottom, now we're here, but it's just because, like, the Kings have had, like, their December slump or something, and, like, suddenly they're winning, and we're like, oh, how delightful, but how naive of us when we didn't know how bad it could really get. I guess this is, like, the people who have been Kings fans longer than us are just, like, here, look into these this team. This, <laughs> yeah. is, what, this is what you should have expected. You only got the good bits. Here are the right. bad ones. And it's crazy because it's not even like the Kings are 31st in the league by like a technicality. Like, oh, they've lost the same amount of games. It's just, you know, regulation, overtime wins, whatever, tiebreaker. They have just lost a lot. They've lost 10 games and the Devils have lost eight. It's been kind of confusingly bad. And of course, like these three games so far with um, the new coach don't really count because we're still sort of feeling out that situation. But... The stuff with Stevens, like last season, they were doing this thing where they were getting outshot, outshot a little bit more, um, trying to be a little more creative, so sacrificing a little bit of defense. And plus, like I think you know, the just we don't we need we don't have the caliber of defensemen that we did in like 2014 or something like that. Like there have been changes. The team is not perfect. The roster is not perfect. But I don't think any of us really expected them to. Have a combination of like they're always getting outshot, or they were, and um, they also they still don't have any sort of luck. It wasn't like they were scoring a bunch more, but also giving up a ton of goals. Right. Um, that it just kind of was all over the place. It was like a combination of things where like we know they're not the fastest team, but they also weren't really the slowest team. So what is 
happening simultaneously it seemed like four or five things were happening none of them really made sense but they all kind of added up to the kings just looking really bad every game yeah just like exceptionally bad like it you're right it wasn't even just like a luck thing it wasn't a bad bounce thing they just looked like systemically bad and not really knowing what was going on and like obviously it's horrible when you know your top players are being like yeah we fucking suck yeah. To, like, in an interview, being like, we're terrible, we are not playing good hockey, uh, or even, like, hockey at all. I don't know, we're just passing the puck to whoever wants to have it, whether they're on our team or not, because um, the number of turnovers were ludicrous. Um, but it was not a team that I am used to seeing. Like, I, I just, I didn't know who they were. I didn't expect, you know, them to come like, right out of the gate being like, we're winners, we're going to do this. We've got star Ilya Kovalchuk here to help us right. out. Um, but I didn't expect it to be this wonky. It's kind of, okay, so there were those couple seasons where, like, Dustin Brown played, played really well in the shortened season, and then, like, right after, like, he played okay, um... And then kind of just fell off for those couple of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all like, what happened? That sh- I mean, like, people tend to fall off gradually as they get older. If they've been healthy, anyway, health stuff can always throw other wrenches into it. But if they've been healthy, people will fall off gradually. And it was like, well, where'd that go? That's kind of how I feel about the Kings. Like, they had the poor playoff run, but there was no real reason to believe that that would still be what happened when they came back. And it seems like whatever curse they got in the playoffs is just sticking to them like glue right now. Because it feels like we have a team of people who dropped off the way Dustin Brown did. Meanwhile, yeah. Dustin Brown's like pretty good. He's not, he's kind of doing what he wants. Like he was out because he was in oh, school. Yeah, when, when Dustin Brown was out for the injury, it was just like, oh, well, he hasn't been playing well. No one has. But when he was out, like the team like really... You tanked. I don't know. They looked really bad <laughs> yeah. without Dustin Brown. Um, and then when he came back, they like perked up a little bit. But that was kind of nuts to see. But yeah, like after, you know, the Stanley Cup, obviously, there's going to be like a little bit of a hangover in terms of winning and things like that. You don't expect, even though, you know, for a while, we're like, oh, di- not dynasty, but with the Kings and the Blackhawks just trading off very good seasons, it was like, oh, this looks like this could be something for the future, something that could last for a long time. And every time there was a little bit of a slump, it was like, oh, well, you know, it makes sense. Like, you can't get it all. But now it's not so much a we just won a lot. Now here's a little bit of a slump. It's just a, a, a like a downward trend. Yeah. Let's skip ahead to the coaches, actually, speaking of the Blackhawks, because they are now they are no longer competing in Western conferences. They're just sort of competing in whose coach is firing as bigger news. So first, the Kings let go uh, John Stevens and Don Knockbauer. They're both gone. And then like a couple days later, the Blackhawks fired Joel Quenville. I think in that particular thing, it's way more shocking the Joel Quenville thing. Like, the Blackhawks have been bad, but I still was not expecting that. Uh, but I was like, my, well, how because, times have changed. Yeah, I mean, Joel Quenville and the Blackhawks are like peas in a pod. Like, I mean, in this era of the Blackhawks, that that's who their coach is. Like, there's no, there hasn't been a ton of coaching. Like, that's their coach. So the fact that, I guess I haven't been watching much of the Blackhawks, so I didn't realize that they were as... I don't know, bad as they were or that they got to the point where they thought that they needed a coaching change. I just thought it was another like, oh, not a great season. Like, let's move on. Try again. 
Um, so that was kind of more shocking to me to see that Quenville wasn't their coach anymore. Yeah, me too. Like, I know they'd been struggling, but I, I don't know. I still just didn't expect it. I think for them, that would have been one of the situations where I would have just assumed we haven't replaced what we had yet, uh, that it was very much on the roster. Similar to the Kings. Like, John Stevens obviously doesn't have the same accolades as Joel Quenville, but John Stevens, I think... It, the surprising part is that even though the Kings may not have the caliber of defensemen throughout that lineup that they want, still um, John Stevens had been with the team for so long, had really set up that defensive structure. So it was like amazing to me that um, the defense fell off as much as it did as well. And so I guess I kind of was like, I understand why the Kings fired him because they felt they needed to make a change. But at the same time, I still feel like they're the problem is that the Kings haven't changed the team drastically. And in the ways that they have, it's been bringing up guys that they drafted in later rounds because they went for a while with no first round pick. So um, even though the Stevens firing wasn't as shocking, obviously, because we watched the Kings, I was also like, I don't really know how much the Kings can change if they still have all of the same guys who are also not playing up to par. Well, I don't know, because it's it's funny, like, John Stevens and, and uh, Don Knockbowers, that's kind of like the end of the, the Sutter era of coaching, right? That very sort of, like, staid, sort of, like, defense-heavy, uh, slower type of play, like, that was how it was. And maybe he, like, promoted that, and these new guys who aren't playing up to their expectations, like, to be sure, but maybe that's just not their style. Um... Or maybe that's just not, I don't know, something obviously wasn't meshing with Stevens and this, like, new group of people. And it's always hard to say because one little change can change so much in the locker room. Like, I can't say that I've ever, you know, been in a hockey, like, on a hockey team like that and understand, like, the dynamics. But from what I hear and what I gather, you know, one person and, like, one sort of, like, bad relationship or struggling relationship can really affect every like something or affect the team and affect the vibe of the room so it seems like I don't know that the players on the team just really weren't responding to John Stevens anymore and they just needed some like fresh blood I deeply wish actually that we knew more about the mentality of the king specifically in this situation but I think about this anytime it's sort of reported that a team isn't responding to a coach or has lost the coach or whatever or the coach has lost the team I should say because I often wonder, like with the Kings, like now they haven't had Sutter, who was notoriously the kind of person that would sort of picket players. It was always sort of talked about to get them a reaction out of them to get them to sort of meet the expectations that he had for them and that he knew that they could produce, et cetera, et cetera, which they were down for at first. But over time, the team got frustrated with him. And so now they have John Stevens, who by all accounts is like way chiller. <laughs> in demeanor and the way his approach to things and still that wasn't working so do the kings need to get over themselves like do they need another daryl sutter type of personality to succeed i don't know like what what is the because that's the other thing like the beat reporters and stuff who cover the kings were all tweeting and saying that it seemed like they had an identity sort of issue and they needed a culture change probably or to at least dig into what their culture is and I'm like, do they even know what they need at this point? Because it seems like they're not responding to either options, at least in the last couple of years. Yeah, I always find that very fascinating because anytime someone talks about that, it's just like, it's such an abstract idea. Like, 
culture change? What's our identity? Like, things like that. Like, what does their, like, white or, like, their mood board look like? Or, like, what right. does yeah. their, like, brainstorming of, like, who are we? Like, name five adjectives that describe what we are as a team. Like, what is it that they as a team want that was different from what the coaches were giving them? And I find that very fascinating. Obviously, no one's going to get into that. That's um, that's not something that's going to be reported. But I'm, I'd be very fascinated to know where in the like dynamic things went wrong. Yeah, me too. It has to be so interesting. And I think it's going to be interesting too whenever they solve this equation. Like maybe it'll be Willie Desjardins, but he was brought on as an interim coach, so it might not be him. The Kings might see yet another coach uh, next season. So who knows what's going to happen here. But I really wish I had some insight. And I hope maybe once they figure it out, whoever is the leader in that room and the coach of this team can speak more to like we'll learn more about what didn't work when we finally learn what does basically like I hope they talk about that and we kind of can infer some of the other things that they probably tried like the opposite of whatever works for them (laughs) was not the thing (laughs) so I can't wait to say that though because like who is the leader in the room you're like oh whenever like the coach or whoever the leader in the room is who is the leader at this point I don't know I I think they need it to be their head coach because it seems like obviously the players haven't figured it out amongst themselves yet. Not even in terms of leadership, but in terms of how to be a group of people all on the same page. Like they clearly haven't worked that out. So they probably need a coach or somebody to step in and be that leader at least to start until they get their confidence back and whatnot. Uh, but I don't know if, I mean, it's too soon for Desjardins to have earned that trust from them. So I'm curious to see how that develops throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like wondering, like, what about like the players, like who's stepping up, who's trying to like rally the troops when they know that they're doing poorly? I mean, like, is it Kopitar? I don't actually know that it is. I feel um, like it's maybe not. Is that weird? <laughs> no, it's not. It, and I feel... Uh, wrong saying it because obviously we both very much love Andre Kopitar and believe in his like captaincy but like I don't think he's the person to like rally the troops and tell them that they like they need to get better I think it might be I don't know maybe like Dowdy or something like that like I don't know who it is who's kind of like giving everyone a shake I feel like it could, I mean, at least when it comes is to it like to the media, Brown? sometimes it, it seems like Jeff Carter's sort of getting to that place, but I, but he'll communicate that whenever he's available to be interviewed, kind of in a way that, you know, sounds like a leader, but I don't know if he's actually communicating that way in the room to the other guys, um, that he's like, here's my honest opinion and what I think we need to do. Um, I don't know what that, I I don't know what that hierarchy looks like. In the past, they were always like, oh, we have plenty of leaders, but some of the guys they would consider amongst that sort of shared leadership have gone. Uh, So now the potential for power is a little more consolidated among fewer like cup veterans. Um, So I'm curious as to how it shakes out. And Kobitar has always struck me more of a, as a lead by example kind of guy rather than a speeches type of dude. So I don't really see him being the guy in the locker room who's trying to figure out how to unify people that way. He's just showing them good work ethic. So who's the person that's talking and motivating them? Maybe it's going to be Willie Desjardins. Maybe it's going to be a different player. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe some player is going to decide, like, hey, I can do this. I am a great orator. Uh, I can right, yeah. I can uh, inspire something in someone, and maybe they'll, like, make this their time to shine. I don't know. But 
it's kind of um, unsettling to see the Kings without any sort of anchor, whether it be a player leader, um, a coach, like a solid coach since they just have an interim now, um, even just like, oh, we don't really know what's going on, but we're at least playing well. Like there's there's nothing for them to sort of like anchor themselves around. And so it's kind of strange to see them play. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's odd. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. all I could say, because it's, it's a weird feeling watching them play because I it just seems so all over the place. Yeah, it's just a mess. <laughs> just what a mess. At least the last three games, it's been a more interesting mess. Um and even, actually, I should say the game that they won, uh, the two games that they won, they looked much more like themselves, like what they're capable of. I didn't think the Kings were going to be a top team in the league, but I thought they would be pretty competitive. And so they've managed to do that for like a handful of games, uh, but not consistently yet this season. So, but yeah, for the most part, it's like, let's look at how the Kings can figure out how to lose tonight, <laughs> um, is also, what it's like watching them. <laughs> yeah. But, like, how wild is it that they got their coach fired after they won a game? Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a crazy, that's, like, such a crazy time for there to be, like, a coach. Like, obviously, it had been in the works for a while, so it was just going to come out regardless. But it's like, hey, we won this wonderful game against Columbus. By the way, we're firing our coach. You know what it made me wonder? If somebody told them, like, if they kind of got tipped off about it <laughs> so that was like their the joyous send-off of the kings like oh, I mean, good, I we don't, don't we don't have you anymore let's score some goals i don't know if it was joyous more guilty <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh no we didn't do well enough we lost your job yeah let's try tonight <laughs> um, it did kind of make me wonder if they were completely surprised i mean i i feel like it's possible that they the King's organization obviously wanted to keep it under wraps, but I'm also like, is it possible to really keep something like that under wraps? Like, they're simultaneously interviewing for replacements for Stevens as the team is playing. Come on, somebody might have heard something. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think uh, none of that would have been kept a secret. Like, everything's always like, my sources say, and it's more like, there's some like globalized text chain where everyone's like finding out all the things <laughs> right. from everyone else because it's like very like everyone knows everyone um, in the hockey world, especially like a smaller pool as is like management and coaches and things like that. Like someone saw and heard something and someone told like for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of like a funny thing because while I was just like, oh my gosh, they won a thing, and it was so funny that Jeff Carter scored all these goals. Um, and then, like, to wake up the next day, it'd be like, oh, and by yeah, the way. Bye. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Um, I, I guess that least... was the reward. Right. I, I guess. <laughs> you want to call it that. <laughs> I know. It's so sad because I very I like John Stevens. He's fine. Um, but, yeah, something needed to change, obviously. I am at least no shade to Daryl Sutter, who I, who I never thought. I thought they never should have fired. Um but you know no problems with him or Stevens but I am curious now that the sort of winning formula that the Kings had has essentially been taken out like in terms of system what changes Willie Desjardins will make uh he obviously had like a poor run when he coached the Canucks and I'm sure we all had plenty of jokes about it oh yeah but now he's the Kings coach and his teams outside of that run have done pretty well um so I'm curious to see if he can sort of he's not gonna fix 
the team because the team probably does need to get younger. They just don't really have a lot to bargain with at this point. There do need to be some roster changes probably, but I am curious to see if he can sort of figure out how to better fit these pieces that he has right now so that they are at least like playing better, if not obviously in the top of the league. Or anywhere near the top of the league. But yeah. Desjardins knows very well how to coach bottom-of-the-barrel Pacific team. So, I mean, uh, I guess that's a good fit. Um, but, yeah, the Kings just need to get younger and faster. And mm-hmm. it'll just take time. I think we're, this is just something we're going to have to grin and bear it with. Yeah, it'll be great when William Nylander comes to this team. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. He, there's If only the Kings could afford such a player. I know. Oh, my gosh. Every time someone comes on the market, I'm like, can the King? No, of course the Kings can't afford them. No, they don't have any money. <laughs> they don't have money. They're still like, they, paying Mike Richards. Yeah, they're still paying Mike Richards. I I mean, they have Dion Phaneuf's contract. They just signed Cole Chuck. Like, they've got so much on their plate uh, they've got Jonathan Quick's contracts still. They've got all of their top guys have, you know, pretty big contracts. And right now, most of them aren't producing very often. And it really sucks because it means there's not a lot of trade value for them either. So the Kings are kind of in a bind. I guess we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I will say that I was very disappointed in the Kings for acquiring another uh, old guy. Um, yeah, but it has not been as bad as I expected. He, so... Kovalchuk. But maybe that's just because the Kings are bad. And right. so Right now he is okay. like the goals and points leader. Yeah. <laughs> so. This is what I'm saying. So that's why I'm like, ooh, I can't really hate you because you right. are doing mad work for the team right now. <laughs> he has five goals and 14 assists, which is like an abundance on this team right now. That's so sad. Um, that sounds like... Uh, a season that's, I don't know, like a couple weeks in or like two yeah. weeks into the season. But no, that's like a it's, month. That's what the Kings are doing. So, he yeah, so he's doing pretty well. The, actually, the old guy still that I am disappointed in is Dion Phaneuf, who's like, like plus minus doesn't mean a whole lot. But he does, he is a minus 12, which means that he has been on the ice for a lot of goals against, which either means he's the re- part of the reason, or he just happens to be getting probably too much ice time, or yeah. both. I don't know. <laughs> like, why yeah. is he on this why- team? <laughs> why uh, strike all the options? It could be all of the above. It could be that he is terrible and that he is on the ice too much, and that's probably I why don't the kids like aren't it. doing well. And I feel like I forget, like because it makes me so upset, I forget it. And then I see him on the ice, and I find out all over again that Dion Phaneuf is on the Kings team. And every time, it's a bad surprise. And it I don't makes you like so it. mad. <laughs> there every was a time, game. it makes you, you see his number, and it just makes you grumpy at the start every time. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about Braden McNabb scoring against the Kings in the playoff because he's wearing his old number, too. It's God. just compounded, just layers of upset over here about Dion Phaneuf. I 100% agree. There oh, was man. a game, I forget which one, recently, where he got, like, like just tires blown three different times in the game. And it was funny every time, but also <laughs> very sad. 
So. It'd be funny on someone else's team. Actually, even on this team, it's still funny. Right, yeah. uh, but it, it is also tinged with a bit of disappointment. Anyway, there's a lot to be sad about with the Kings, like the fact that Tanner Pearson still hasn't gotten any points, the fact that Adrian Kempe has a goal and an assist, because those guys aren't old, and yet they're also not producing. Um, but there have to be some silver linings. Anything about the Kings that has you still entertained uh i mean not on the ice (laughs) nothing on the ice is entertaining at all it is all just upsetting uh off the ice they're delightful um teddy purcell has been doing these videos for the kings and uh we have done this podcast for years now and i feel like every other episode we're just like man wouldn't it be great if we knew more about the king's personalities yeah um and finally we are like the behind the scenes of like these people and now we're starting to get it a little bit and it is uh exactly about as charming as i thought it was going to be which is a lot it's so good and i had no idea that it was coming it just showed up one day and it's amazing the first episode, I think, is still the only one that they have actually shown. Or at least it's the only one online. I don't know if maybe yeah. they aired one on TV the other night. But it's so good. His series, Teddy Talks, which is a very obvious play on TED Talks, but cuter <laughs> as the series is, <laughs> is the first episode is with Trevor Lewis, and he's at home with his twins, and it's so goofy like trevor lewis is such a dad like such a happy dad yeah (laughs) it was amazing to watch it filled my heart with absolute joy i loved the attempts at changing diapers i loved the two of them wearing the twins and like baby bjorns and like walking through the park like yeah how lovely and i'm pretty sure i watched the entirety of it with just like my hands to my chest just like oh what a delight so Um, heartwarming And it made me really happy when the Kings have only brought me sadness so far. I loved the clip that they showed when he was, A, when he was like lounging on his couch, feeding his baby a bottle extremely casually. (laughs) What an amazing interview pose, first of all. So in the middle of that, when they cut to him uh, finding out that his wife was having twins. Oh my gosh. Adorable. So cute. I loved the whole thing, and I'm glad that we have this series. So I regularly, not regularly, but like every once in a while, you go down those YouTube holes where I'm just like, yes, I do want to weep or like be very happy and watch people do surprise pregnancy announcements or like things like that. And that's exactly what that was. And I was extremely satisfied with it. It, it so made me sweet. so happy. But uh, yeah, the, the casual baby feeding made me laugh as well because I am unfamiliar with small children <laughs> yeah. or babies. So the idea of very casually holding a kid and feeding it uh, seems very scary to me. Um, and can you tell that I am in no way ready to have kids? He um, was... So, like, just completely sprawled, very relaxed. It was just, I don't know, it was like, you never see somebody that way. His kids are so new still, or so young, um, that it's our first time really seeing him as, like, in that role. So it was just a little revelatory, but also just incredibly sweet. 
Yeah, I wonder if it's just because, you know, like, everyone always says, like, dad reflexes, like, the second you're a dad. Uh, if your kid's fallen off a swing, like, suddenly you're, like, there to catch them very quickly when otherwise you wouldn't. And so maybe he's just like, I know I got these dad reflexes if anything happens. <laughs> right. I got chill. it. I'm fine. I've got dad reflexes for two, so I'm good. Um, but yes, it was very cute. It was very sweet. Um, Teddy first. He's, like, a great host for it, you know? He's just very, like... I don't know, it's very sweet. <laughs> it's weird to say that about someone who is, like, my age, but he's very sweet. He is extremely sweet, like, and he has always been like that. So, like, he had been on the Kings, and then he was um, in Tampa, and he was really close to Steven Stamkos in Tampa. I love the Tampa Bay Lightning, and so I read all about him and Steven Stamkos, and then, like, Steven Stamkos, just as a friend, seems, like, kind of needy but in a great way <laughs> so teddy Purcell, when he was talking about like living in steven samkos's house and whatnot um i don't know it was just really sweet he was always like doing stuff for steven samkos so he seems like a very he, he came across as a very warm guy in general and so when he came to the kings i was like oh that's dope and then i've paid attention obviously to their social media and like every time he's hanging out with them it just seems like really warm and friendly and like there was one night where he and uh derek forbert went to some restaurant and the the electricity went out while they were eating and he took this like yeah. moody date instagram story photo <laughs> um, and teddy first was just like that chill like easy charming funny kind of guy naturally so for fox and the kings to recognize that they should put him on tv to do more of that is amazing (laughs) wonderfully done to everyone who pitched it produced it continues to make it happen yeah i'm just surprised and delighted that they recognized his personality and they thought they even had a thought of like oh maybe we should do something with this because Obviously, we haven't been getting a lot of, uh, like, flavor videos in the past. So uh, I'm glad that people were looking out for, like, me and us and the people who wanted to know more. So uh, it's been very fantastic. Yeah. And obviously, the players are going to be as much. I'm sure, like, they have great relationships with all the reporters who cover the Kings regularly, all the Fox Sports people, et cetera. But still, they're going to be more comfortable with a guy who they're friends with. Yeah. Um, so it's great that he agreed to do it, too. And I think, like, on, after the game the other day, they were talking about how the next one they were filming with Nate Thompson was, like, his dogs and they were going to go to a spa at, or, or something, like, yes. to get pedicures with the pets. Um, which sounds delightful. I can't wait. <laughs> so. I know. This honestly sounds like the series of my dreams. Like, I don't understand what's happening here. I am so delighted. So uh, maybe don't wake me up when the next Kings game is happening, but please wake me up when the next <laughs> episode of Just Teddy Talks comes on, Teddy because Talks that is, is really what's important. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm loving that. That has been making me... Um, feel real good. Another thing that has been a joy for me is watching Jared Stoll continue <laughs> to get used to broadcasting because he hasn't quite I don't not even quite. Like he hasn't at all figured out <laughs> how <laughs> to try to put a positive spin on things, which isn't to say that he rips into the Kings at all. It's just that you can sort of see the effort. Like when they were Cuz he's a player much, and he knows it's bad and he's just like, "Ooh, this is this is not yeah, good, guys." Yeah. He's still too close to it and close to so many of the guys in that locker that he just like he just cannot help but be real. I forget which game it was, but it was while they were still on their losing streak and 
Patrick O'Neill was trying everything he could to be like, do you see something they can build off of, etc. And Jared Stoll's mouth was trying to say encouraging words, but his <laughs> face was clearly stricken that he just could not believe either how bad they looked and how in trouble they were as a team. It was kind of incredible. His mouth was saying things, but his eyes were saying, help, they're bad. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, just like, what are you doing to like each of the players he knows? Like, I have a feeling he went and found everyone, put like his hands on their shoulders and was just like, what's going on? What's happening? (laughs) You know that I have this job now. I can't keep doing it if if you're going to be terrible. Um, But he's just like very goofy and it's it's very endearing because sometimes I, I like a good, you know, TV presenter. It's obviously a skill and a talent that people have, and I very much appreciate it. I don't want to put it down, but I think it is so fun and so delightful to see him be just like bumbly and goofy and trying to figure things out. His like unslickness at the whole thing is has been great. It's so good. Watching Jared Stoll try to do broadcast color TV is like watching the movie Liar Liar <laughs> and he's Jim Carrey. He cannot help, would be really honest. The game against, I think it was the one against the Wild during intermission, uh, the Kings had done, they had gotten, it was it was like they had done wonderfully during the period, but not super bad either. Um, so they still had a chance to come back, obviously. Like, that score stayed pretty close for most of the game. So, like, he just didn't really know what to say other than the obvious of, like, oh, yeah, they just need to get some more shots and hopefully they get some chances. And then, like, pretty much was, like, so Patrick O'Neill was, like, how was the period, blah, blah, blah. And Jared Stoll's, like, actually, you know, the, well, probably the most interesting thing is my Wetzel's Wrestles. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because that's what we all, that's what we say on Twitter. (laughs) Like, this is what we all think to ourselves, and that's what we report to Twitter, and everyone's just like, yeah, same. Like, please share pictures (laughs) of what you've been eating during this game. And I'm just like, he's just telling it like it is. And I very much appreciate that. (laughs) The king's hanging in there. This pretzel, though, killing it. I will say, (laughs) what's his pretzels? uh, They're delicious. I (laughs) have never once regretted getting one. Uh, I've tried probably all of them. Uh, so I support that message. I, I really enjoy him. So, yeah, that's really good. Oh, I did think of earlier one on icing that I actually really enjoyed, <laughs> okay. which was Jared Anderson Dolan when he was still up. Oh, yeah. He was great. He was a lot of fun. And obviously, like, the Kings started losing so much that it just didn't make sense to keep him up. Right. Um, so they sent him back to junior. But I, I really like him as a dude. He seems really fun. Like, his family, obviously, his moms seemed so supportive and were so excited for him. He was fast. He was trying really hard to produce. I am excited for what his future could be and slash scared that when the Kings need someone to trade, they won't have a choice but to reach for the few top prospects they still have. So um, hopefully that's not the case with Jad, because I want to be mad for Jad for a while. Please put me, I want that on a t-shirt and <laughs> for it to be like very 80s, because that seems like a very 80s slogan. Um, that's what his buddies from the rain, they came to his first game and they brought a sign. <laughs> I know, it is Jad. phenomenal, like, if only we all had friends like that. <laughs> um, 
but I would like that as well. Uh, but when you were saying that you were afraid that the kings, and then you went to say that that they would have to end up training them or training him, I thought that you were gonna say, "Oh, I'm just afraid that the kings are going to ruin him." And I was like, "Oh, oh no!" Because no. in my head, I was just like, "Oh, he's gonna get brought up into the system. It's gonna be awful. They're gonna oh, like no. stomp him down." Um, yeah, hopefully that's not the case. Uh, but well, I wish we got to see him. Fine. I he mean, now, especially now that they've changed, like, all the people in charge of the system, maybe by the time that he comes back, like, things will be, like, chill. I want so badly for Tanner Pearson and Adrian Kempe, and Tyler Toffoli has been producing, but even still more, like, I want to see them take steps forward, and so I'm, like, a little terrified that they all seem to have kind of stymied at about the same time. Uh, and I really need them to fix it because it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. There is a team full of very good talent, but they're just not producing. So it's not the end of the world. It's not like we've got a bag of rocks for a team, but they're still not being, they're still not able to produce something. So something needs to happen. It is very frustrating. You're right. It's real weird. The, that they have had, that they have let Kyle Clifford have a couple of highlight moments so far this season. Um, okay, and yet but well, I will say, <laughs> Kyle Clifford very often has, ooh, this is my, def- in defense of Kyle Clifford, many times <laughs> when we watch him, he will have great breakaway highlight moments. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. never go anywhere. They, they don't never go. result in a goal. <laughs> but I appreciate his uh, his gusto and his attempt at it. So, you know what? When the Kings are sucking, this is your this is your chance, Kyle. Do whatever you want. I mean, I am you're incredibly, trying. <laughs> incredibly grateful for his like couple of highlight moments where the goals have gone in this season because I did not expect them. I just wish they could come while the people who are supposed to be scoring goals were also doing that. Oh, come on. You know that none of the lines can score at the same time. You know that all of the players are never going to have their good times at the same time. That just doesn't work out. Please. Oh, no. Well, I guess so. Um, the other thing. Oh, I was. There were a couple other. What is that kid's name? Sheldon Rempal came up. He was also pretty fun. I do like Matt Luff is up now, who I am really fond of for reasons that are inexplicable because I haven't really seen him play on the rain. But I feel like every time he shows up in other players who have been up before now and whatever, every time he shows up in their posts or whatnot, he's very endearing and they love him a lot. So I'm like, great, I'm stoked about this guy. Um, So I hope he has a good run while he's up here. And I liked Austin Wagner's speed. Like, there are little things that I have liked from the guys with potential. I just wish that those guys could sort of catch up to the NHL of it all to help produce a little more. And then maybe that would help the guys who have been here who are struggling get out of their slumps as well. Just everybody, let's bring it up together. I mean, what's the harm, right? Like, wouldn't it be fun now to just, like, give everyone a chance? Like, this is your week. You're going to play all the games here. Just go for it. Like, have a blast to see what Please. you can do. I, yeah, because there's literally nowhere to go What's it going to hurt? What's <laughs> yeah. it going to hurt? The other thing, too, that I think we touched on briefly but didn't talk about was that Jonathan Quick had surgery. So he is going to be out for a while. It's officially an indefinite period of time, but the very, very, very early estimate was that he was going to be about out about three months, and he had surgery um, mid-October. So we're in that. I honestly, when I saw that news, I just threw my hands up in the air and just said, of course. 
because, of course, I mean, that's, I don't even know what I can say about that. Yes, of course he's injured. Um, of course, we're going to have to put all of our faith in a backup goaltender that will do very well, and then we'll get traded and we'll be sad when. I know. I know. And I'm so mad because there's so many reasons to be happy for Jack Campbell. I know. And I don't want to have these feelings. I need one season where the backup goaltender doesn't make me like him a lot and then be like, well, I guess he's going to get a contract somewhere else next season. I, it's Okay, so it's the worst because the Kings are so good at uh, setting up some sort of, uh, like presenting some sort of goalie spotlight yeah. um, <laughs> for like a few months. Um inevitably a few months like sometime during the season and we're like oh yes please everyone look at how good they are please notice our wonderful backup goaltender oh wait don't no stop don't don't look at him too much don't notice him <laughs> yeah, too much don't look him in the eye just kidding he's bad he's real bad please let us keep him yeah and he's not like brand new because like, obviously we no. were really pro him last season when he uh, was getting like his first NHL win and whatnot, and there was like the story about how he felt really bad because he wasn't performing the way he wanted to professionally, and was letting that really take a toll on how he felt about himself as a person. And he had sort of gotten his emotions in order and was able to look at himself differently, and he started improving. Like he's playing much better. He got his first shutout yeah. recently, which is great. Um, and then, like, this season, there's more pieces on him and how he just also apparently is, like, the most genuine human. Like, he just wants to watch movies and cook for people, I guess. Um, which is great. Love yeah, like, him. hi, Jack Campbell, call me. Jeez. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would love for someone to watch movies with me and also cook for me. That sounds great. When am I coming over? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this summer he went with Jonathan Quick to the NHL Awards because the Kings had won the Jennings Trophy and was like really funny on the red carpet and like basically playing Jonathan Quick's cowboy all night um, he just seems like so much fun and he's so exciting to root for and now I'm like but I don't want to get hurt again <laughs> I know it, it does feel like oh man every season with like every backup goaltender it does seem like a rom-com that you and I are in with them, unbeknownst <laughs> right, to them, yeah. and just being like, oh, I can't give them my emotions too much because it's only going to hurt <laughs> me in the end. And it does, and we're so sad when they leave. We never learn. We it's never learn. Like, it won't happen this season, and then it does. So Jack Campbell has been uh, a fun bit about, a fun part of this season so far, despite all of the shenanigans on ice from the entire team. I also appreciated all of his shenanigans, like, at every, I, I don't know, every king got married this summer, so <laughs> yeah. at everyone's weddings. It was just, it's all very charming. He basically spent the entire summer as um, Tyler Toffoli and his wife, Katz, um, like, like just as their third wheel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Their designated third wheel, and it was really adorable, and then finally he started dating someone, so he's done, like, a little less of that, but made sure to announce it on Instagram, because I guess everybody's used to him being around. Um, great times. Oh, see? No. Emotions. They're get they're getting in there. They're weaseling in there again. How do you think they will fare going forward? I mean, we've only seen three games with Desjardins, but do you feel more optimistic, or less, or about the same? Anything... 
I'm going to say I feel more optimistic. I mean, I don't actually know whether this coaching change is going to, you know, produce anything that I like, but obviously what the Kings had going at the start of the season wasn't working. I am glad that they're not stuck in a bad relationship um, just because it's comfortable and it's familiar, even though things aren't going well. Like, yeah, shake it up, have a little bit of a change. So I'm optimistic in that regard. Um that maybe this is what they need. If not, I'm glad they tried. I'm glad they didn't just like stick it out and be like a losing team, but not change anything about themselves. So um, fingers crossed, I suppose. Yeah, I'm at least curious because like we already mentioned, with kind of the entirety of the old guard gone, they have some freedom to reinvent themselves as they want to, try some different things. And I hope that um, Willie Desjardin can, and Marco Sturm, who also was brought on, can figure out ways to make this team work a little better to at least make them a little more unpredictable and exciting to the viewer. And so far, the first few games, like, they seem to be trying to move in the right direction. Um, And like we had talked about, like, when Dustin Brown came back, suddenly the power play was a little bit more productive. Um, So there's still, like, it still doesn't make sense that they would have fallen off this much. So I don't think they will stay this low throughout the season and we can see some progress. But over time, like, the the main guys, obviously, are only going to get older. So I don't have a lot of expectations to for them to, like, flip a switch and things be better next season automatically. Like, I think we're kind of <clears> – <throat> we're in a transition period, and it's going to take a while for the Kings to sort of catch up with everyone else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm optimistic, but I'm also not expecting much. So yeah. I've got the lowest bar set. Uh, <laughs> right. And just stumble yeah. over it every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's really just a tripping hazard, uh, less <laughs> yeah. of some sort of like aspirational thing to jump over or meet. It's just in the way. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I will live for every Kyle Clifford breakaway. I will stand up and applaud for every successful pass through the neutral zone. Um, I am all here. I, I'm, I'm feeling. I'm yeah, I'm fine. I'm ready to watch some Kings hockey to see what they I'm do. I'm down for this um these shenanigans. It'll it'll be heartbreaking for a lot of the time, I'm sure. <laughs> but it will also hopefully continue to be interesting and um exciting in that way, just to see how things change, even though change is slow and aggravating. Yeah. Um but it'll it'll we'll find some fun in there, I think still. There's plenty of ways to keep ourselves entertained with what's going on with this team. Um, outside of the Kings, are there any other teams that you're kind of enjoying or that any players who surprised you so far this season? Um, you know what? To be fair, the Kings have really got me down on hockey, so I haven't been watching too much hockey. I have just been kind of watching the highlights. So, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on in the league right now. What about you? What's what's looking good? Uh, I don't know about I haven't paid as much attention to new guys the way that I usually try to so instead because the Kings have been so frustrating I've just like it done what I usually don't do which is go back to sort of the comfort players so basically I was watching all the guys that I really like but unfortunately like a third of them are now injured <laughs> so it's just rough for me um but the lightning are good love them Nikita Kucherov most amazing man love of my life please continue <laughs> We really love injured players. Ugh. Austin Matthews, come back. Charlie McAvoy, I think he's starting to come back. He was out with a concussion for a while. Just 
let the people that I like be great. Yeah, that's that's a real bummer. I'm looking forward to, with the coaching, I'm feeling much more optimistic with the coaching change. I'm just like, yeah, I guess I could watch some hockey again because I know that I'm not just in for <laughs> a downer <laughs> every time I watch the Kings play. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think uh, a team to have their your eye on is the Avalanche this season. I watched the Avalanche Lightning game and it was it was really good it was great like the avalanche were really competitive and the lightning are like second or third in the league right now like so yeah they're, they're second this season and the abs aren't like super high but i think if they get the a right piece or two to add at some point during this season they could be really competitive and i think either way like they're going to be interesting to watch because nathan mckinnon is having a killing killer season Landeskog has been on fire so far. Like they're fast and they are aggressive, and I really enjoyed watching the few. I've really enjoyed watching the few games that I have of theirs so far. So maybe a team to check out. Yeah, that sounds good. Wonderful. I'll start there because that sounds <laughs> like a nice, happy team to watch instead of like, oh, Great. what if I start watching this other team? And it's like, oh, well, they're also garbage. So <laughs> yeah, so bad. Because I like, I always like. <laughs> Like some of the players that are on the Devils, but guess where the Devils are? Just right above the Kings in the standings, <laughs> yeah. number thirty. Sorry. So I'm just yeah, they super get into. <laughs> not into it right now. Um, but yeah, that sounds delightful. But hope I'm feeling good about this. So now uh, our lives have settled down. We both had very hectic Octobers, hence the yeah. lack of well, hectic Octobers matched with poor kings playing uh meant that we're like we don't we don't have time for this <laughs> like we don't, we don't need rush. to come. <laughs> we don't have to rush to come back it's okay um but now i'm just like yeah let's let's watch some hockey and let's talk about it yeah we're watching now kings like for real so feel free to have fun <laughs> and do some good out there and do more teddy talks please oh god yeah every week actually <laughs> just oh, a yeah. new one that would be delightful. Like, have Teddy go on the road with everyone. That would be great. Please. Oh, just mini check-ins. Yeah. Just, that would be wonderful. Just more Ted Purcell. Yes. <laughs> please. Teddy Purcell, please. Um, but yeah, that's it from us. And I think this season we have decided to record these bi-weekly. So fewer, but hopefully a little more consistent. Because <laughs> last season things were busy and we were kind of like, ah, I got to postpone again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so bi-weekly for this season and hopefully we just have an opportunity to talk about great things when we get to record these um and until next time everybody be good to each other take care of yourselves and we will catch you later all right we had to come back and do a quick tag to the episode because even though you just heard us gush a lot about jack campbell and rooting for him and falling for him like we didn't really want to do with any backup goaltender it turns out jokes on us because he's out now <laughs> four to six weeks and the kings have recalled cal peterson from the rain i honestly feel like this is something that we've done before where we're, we've like waxed poetic about someone and we're like oh what a good get we're gonna be so happy to have him on our team and promptly they get seriously injured it sucks and like so okay he had surgery 
uh, earlier this week, Jack Campbell did, to repair a torn meniscus, which for those of us, you know, keeping track and playing along at home, is exactly why Jonathan Quick is out. Uh, yeah, that is, I, I think the kings might be cursed. I mean, I don't know. It makes, yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense is that they would, like, I, it'd be funny if they were on opposing knees, which, or which knees are they on? Oh, I don't know if they mentioned which knee. Because wouldn't that be funny? And by funny, I mean horrible. If like one had the left knee injured, the other had the right. Like a matching (laughs) goalie pair of just blown (laughs) knees. Oh, man. Yeah, that was. So at the end of the episode that we just recorded, I was brimming with optimism. I was delighted because I'm like, hey, new coach, maybe new kings. I am drastically less optimistic right now, like, <laughs> to a worrying degree. Um, yeah, I don't know how I, f- how I feel about the Kings going forward. It's going to be tough. Like, Hal Peterson, no shade to him, but just, like, the reality of it is uh, so far this season, he's played 10 games with the rain. His record is 2-3-1 and one, with 4.29 goals against and um, an 8.81 save percentage on average for both of those numbers, which... It's not great. So So he hasn't played a ton of games with the, or just like at all. So we really don't know what to expect. Maybe he will rise up to the challenge. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, basically like he's a goaltender that the Kings weren't having to, or weren't expecting to have to rely on at all anytime soon. And now it's kind of like, all right, well, throw you right into the thick of it. Um, Similar actually to the way that Jonathan Quick ended up coming into the league uh, where he was on the ECHL team and then there was an injury. So he got called up to the AHL team and then there was an injury. And so then he had his NHL debut with the are you Kings, here like, saying, within the same month. Are you here saying that <laughs> Cal Peterson is the next Jonathan Quick? I think that's what I'm hearing right now. I mean, no, I don't know enough about Cal Peterson. I'm just saying it's not the first time Kings fans have seen something quite this wild before. Um, and hope we're hoping for the best. Like Jonathan Quick, I think when he came up, ended up having a pretty decent um, showing his first few times out with the Kings and maybe like even though Cal Peterson and the rain have like struggled a little bit to start the season like we see some positive things for him because you know there's always a chance that he might be somewhat than the Kings see as the backup or something later on in his career um, so I guess it's still exciting in that way but worrying overall for this season, which continues to have challenge upon challenge. Yeah, mostly, uh, like, let alone, because Cal Peterson is so untested, obviously the rest of the Kings uh, team is going to account for that and adjust for that. And so having a team that's already struggling offensively have to, like, pivot and try to be more defensive because they have this goalie that they don't necessarily know anything about Right, is not going to be good for them. Like, the, the we've been hoping to see more goals. Uh, we've been hoping to see a faster team that maybe um, can capitalize on things, and it doesn't look like they're going to have the opportunity to do that if they're going to be constantly, you know playing a more defensive role because they're worried about what this new goalie can or cannot do. Right. They have to now prioritize a little bit more and it'll be interesting to see how they prioritize on the ice. Is it preventing goals or is it just uh, focusing on offense still? Because I guess you could kind of see it both ways, right? You could try to be more defensively responsible if your long-term goal is to make sure that the Kings 
win games, which is a which is something they want to do. But you could also just be like, all right, well, we already know that we kind of have a lot stacked against us. We literally can go nowhere but up in the yeah. standings. Do we want to just continue to explore what a new system could look like for this team? And if it includes more offense or whatever, like, so it'll be kind of fascinating to see what their approach is and what it seems like they're prioritizing among the team as a whole because right now they have a lot of uh things sort of stacked against them and kind of too many problems to solve at once um so it's it's it'll be a challenge for us all probably for them to play for us to watch (laughs) at times but we're in it together i guess yeah, so uh, good luck to all of us, I suppose. Good luck to the Kings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but mostly good luck oh, to us. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and then a minor thing is Matt Luff, who had been up, who I think we did mention in the episode we just recorded, um, was sent back down to the rain, so he's no longer up with the team. Um, but other than that, it seems like we don't have any other surprises ahead of Why would the you say that? Game against the Toronto Why Maple Why would you say that? I mean, Suddenly we're going to find <laughs> out that someone lost an arm, us? and like... No... <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, this uh, this episode will never come out, and it'll just be a series of us adding like five to ten minute tags yeah, on everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here are all <laughs> of the things we had to come back to record. So hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> just wanted to make or wanted to make sure that we did come back and acknowledge the fact that we had seen the news change um, and comment on it a little bit. But that is all from us. Hopefully there are some exciting things the next time we get a chance to record because it is rough right now. Yeah, I guess I'll take it exciting at this point because even if it's bad exciting, it's like, well, what could it hurt? All right. Well, as usual, guys, be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye, guys.